Welcome to the Armor Strong Podcast, Strength in the Mind and Body. My name is Gabriela Armour, licensed physical therapist and athletic trainer here in Orlando, Florida. And today we'll be talking about a patient case that I experienced actually today that really entails the importance of asking a thorough medical history and using that biopsychosocial approach to try to figure out why a patient is presenting the way they are. So case review, the patient is a 12-year-old male reporting to physical therapy with complaints of mid-thoracic sort of shoulder blade discomfort or pain that's been persistent for the past six months. So when asking, you know, what this kid does throughout his normal day, he does the normal activities a 12-year-old would do, um, sits at school, plays video games, and that's about it. He does participate in golf, which I was kind of surprised to hear because Um, usually that middle school age, too many children aren't participating in golf. However, I was very impressed. So golf is one thing that, okay, I considered he's pretty active in participation with that. Um, other than that, he said he didn't participate in any other athletic activities, doesn't play outside or anything like that. When asking him how this pain started, very kind of broad answers. And again, you have to keep in mind when, when having a conversation with a 12 year old, The parent is going to be majority of the historian. However, my approach to speaking with a patient, especially a minor, is to make eye contact with the patient themselves and then consult the parent if need be. However, developing that connection with the patient, I feel, is the most important. That way they can trust you. And especially because they are underage, they're always looking to their parent for guidance. But specifically with this case and many other cases, involving sort of that chronic pain, it's so important to hear from the patient themselves what they're feeling and how they would describe that discomfort. So as I began to ask a few more questions about how this pain started, um, again, always using the word discomfort instead of pain. And we're going to go a little bit more into the language around the health field and how to describe these different conditions in a later episode, because I really think language is so important when talking to a patient and their perception of what they're feeling, but that's for a later note. But um, pried a little bit to see, you know, what exactly he was feeling. How could he describe the pain? Was it dull? Was it achy? Was it sharp? Was it um, diffuse? Was it tingly, numb? You know, sort of all these pain descriptors. Finally got to the bottom that it was just kind of like a dull, achy, tight sort of feeling. Okay. Got the script from the physician, which was just a generalized mid-thoracic pain. So obviously with that knowledge, I can expect anything. There also was a diagnostic code for low back pain, which was not even any relation. However, um, going through a little bit more of the history, nothing really stood out that was alarming. So went through the physical exam. So started with just an active range of motion of the neck, of the shoulders. All of it seemed wonderful within normal ranges, exceeding outstanding normal ranges. So within that range of hypermobility. So achieving, you know, a little bit more extension, range of motion in the shoulders, in the neck. Um, And within that mid-thoracic spine mobility, he was able to complete full thoracic rotation without any issues, no report of pain. So I was like, okay. Cervical pain or cervical range, no issues. Shoulder range, no issues. Mid-thoracic pain or mid-thoracic range, no issues. No pain, discomfort, or anything like that. Here's where palpation became 
such a huge play. So I always start with a very broad light palpation to the patient. So starting kind of at the bony landmarks and then working your way towards the soft tissue. With him, I started around the acromion process, so around that outer shoulder, and then worked the way up towards the spine of the scapula or upper, upper that shoulder, upper trap. And even with the lightest faint touch, he reported discomfort, reported that sort of ache, dull um, pain throughout the top side of his shoulder, shoulder blade. With this light palpation and already such a reaction from the patient, I already knew kind of what I was dealing with. Um, he seemed to have a little bit of hypersensitization of that area, meaning that the area just to a light touch was super symptomatic. Did the same thing on the opposite side, same reaction. So it wasn't one side versus the other, kind of bringing my brain to the standpoint of, okay, it's not an acute injury that we're dealing with here. So we already know the history it was six months, started experiencing pain and got worse with time. Range of motion, light palpation, next was strength. So we went through just some neck, neck strength testing with manual muscle tests, just kind of using my hand on approach and having him resist against my hand. And then went through some shoulder strengthening, um, manual muscle tests for the whole sh shoulder girdle, and then had him lay in his belly and test some of those mid shoulder blade muscles to see what we are working with as far as a strength deficit goes. So did find some strength deficits within that mid thoracic periscapular region. So kind of those rhomboids, middle trap, um, lower, lower trap, all of those really like all periscapular muscles were a little bit weaker than his shoulder girdle. So with that, knowing obviously there are some things that we can work on within the orthopedic physical therapy realm. We've got some strength deficits we can focus on throughout the sessions. However, that was all great and dandy, but if I was to write him off just based off of my objective findings, that's not going to really get down to the, the root of what's causing his discomfort. So pride a little bit more, come to find out this child does um, have a history of anxiety of which he's had for the past year or so. So went to kind of cross the line into more of that psychosocial approach. So talked to mom a little bit about techniques they've been using to help with his anxiety and then talked to him more specifically about, you know, certain things that he's been doing throughout his day that may help or ca cause a little bit of the opportunity to de-stress from his activities throughout the day. Asked him about maybe stressful experiences he's recently come into contact with, whether it's school. I know they just had Christmas break, but whether it was school or friends or a social atmosphere. And he did come forward about some of these issues that he's had that has increased his stress levels over the past six months. So I feel like that was a little bit of a you know groundbreaker. So after I did all of his objective findings within the therapy sort of, you know, range of motion, strength, mobility, realm. I just had him lay on his back and assess his breathing. So if you think of someone who is in a heightened state of awareness, kind of that anxiety-driven mental state, they're in that fight or flight mode. They're in their sympathetic nervous system overdrive. So constantly being on guard. So I just had him lay on his back. Just said, take a deep breath, inhale, close your eyes. Don't even worry about what's going around you. Tur I turned the lights down a little bit. I was like, okay, just take a deep breath. 
his breath began as a very apical breathing. So that upper chest inhalation using a little bit more of those accessory muscles of his neck, of his shoulders. And then the exhale was normal. So then going forward helped cue a diaphragmatic breathing. So hand on the belly, one hand on the chest. Okay, when you inhale, try to really inflate your belly. Try to inflate your belly like a balloon, putting it into terms that you would understand. And then exhale, try to push all the air out of the belly. So with cueing this belly breath and using sort of the imagery of blowing up the balloon under his hand, feeling that contact, feeling the pressure, he was able to achieve more diaphragmatic breath rather than that chest breathing or that apical breathing. So kind of took away all the physical therapy, you know, orthopedic sort of thinking and just focused on how can I desensitize this child's nervous system? How am I able to get him to break through this apical accessory breathing to try to decrease his sympathetic overdrive, improve parasympathetic activation, meaning that sort of relaxation, rest and digest region of his brain and of his nervous response. Our true role as a physical therapist to try to find the root or the cause of discomfort or the symptoms that the patient is experiencing. So really having an open mind about all possibilities, kind of the reason I love physical therapy so much is because it's figuring out a puzzle with every patient. Every patient has different puzzle pieces that fit together in such a different way. And you really have to find which puzzle pieces match with which. So in his case, you know, focusing a little bit more on maybe that desensitization to the area, to the shoulders, to the mid neck and shoulder blade region, plus teaching some breathing techniques, teaching some relaxation techniques. And then thirdly, working on strength. I think that is going to be his plan of care. I mean, it is going to be his plan of care as I wrote it up today, (laughs) but going forward, I think education, especially for kids, is so important, especially in this realm of chronic pain when, you know, we get so hyper vigilant about the sensations we're feeling and then almost focus so much on, okay, I'm not feeling great right now. So this is kind of that thought just festers in your head, adding and adding and adding to the concept of chronic pain. There are so many studies by Adrian Lau on the effects of um, pain neuroscience education for patients and their perception of their own pain. Um, we'll definitely talk about that in future podcasts to come. However, for the case today, just kind of wanted to review a different way to go about treating a patient or diagnosing the patient and developing a plan of care. In summary, if you ever have someone come to you complaining of these diffuse, nonspecific sort of discomfort, aches, pains, try to think a little bit outside of the box. Range of motion, strength, you know, those objective measurements are so important, but also the mental state of the individual and how their body is presenting as a result of that mental state. Like I said, the parasympathetic, sympathetic overloads plays such a huge role in the muscle presentation, in the joint tissue, and mental 
components are so directly correlated to how the physical body presents. So using biopsychosocial model to approach a patient is going to be the best way possible. This is just one case I've used and literally happened today. So I thought I'd hop here and share with you guys so you can try to integrate it in your care or in your just interaction with maybe even yourself. Why do I have this ache? Why do I have this pain? Try to evaluate different aspects of your life that you think you would be able to instill a little bit more calmness, a little bit more of that sit and meditate mindset to try to decompress the body, decompress the mind, and allow your nervous system to recuperate. We are constantly in a state of overdrive. Got to do this. Got to do that. Got to do this. Got to do that. Your body is catching up with it. Take a breath. Let it all relax. Not saying that's the, the you know cure for everything. However, it could help. So, in summary, parasympathetic, sympathetic awareness, mental awareness with the physical presentations. And then on top of it all, adding a little bit of strength. I hope you were able to take something away from this podcast today to add to your armor strength in the mind and body.